Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that is house money at the last second. My name is Frank. I'm Paul. And for better or worse, the Buffalo Bills won a football game 13 to 12 on Sunday. Uh, the Bills scored the only touchdown of the game. They gave up just four field goals and then managed in the end to go on a last minute drive to secure a victory. Um, and despite all the excitement that that sounds like, uh, Everything that I've seen and read is that this was a terrible game, uh, and, and my review of that game uh, proved that to be true. But don't just take my word for it. Let's go around the room. Um, let's talk about obviously the victory. Let's talk about how the team looked, um, and we'll we'll start with uh, we'll start with Scott since Paul has some homework he has to finish up. Uh, we'll start womp, with Scott. We'll start, <laughs> we'll start with Scott, and we'll see what his uh, feelings on the game were. So that's what the introduction sounds like. Okay, I will remember that. <laughs> to be fair, that that might be the best introduction of the season, or at least the smoothest. And so, like, don't feel like you like anyone should feel like that's repeatable. That's like a fifty-six point game, right? Like, we shouldn't be thinking that's repeatable. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I um I did uh, I I I game casted a little of this. I listened to a radio in the fourth quarter, and then I watched it again today. Um, yeah, it, it certainly sounded, I mean, I was also watching, uh, you know, as you know, kind of out of the corner of my eye on the, the regular local feed, I was watching that, mm -hmm. um, Browns Ravens game, which went into overtime, uh, at 12 to nine, which was the only thing worse than a 13, 12 game is a 12, nine game that goes to overtime because you're forced to burn yet even more of your precious viewing hours. Retinous. Terrible football. <laughs> Um, so, so that, that, you know, that game had its moments. This game, I, I think also had its moments. There was a little excitement. There were some turnovers and some, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't complete garbage on offense, but there was a lot of garbage. I, I think I want to start by saying like, I made a offhand reference to shooter McGavin McDermott, mm -hmm. um, on Facebook. And I've been thinking, you know, and ultimately like, I'm sure. And, and I have still have problems with many things that he's done with this team in terms of the amount of, you know, guys from the previous regime who have, who've gotten cut um, in terms of, you know, drafting Josh Allen. I'm still not convinced that's the right decision. He may not be a personal guy. I'm not convinced he's not an actually an okay coach. Cause it does seem that we, we've won our fair share of these games, which as a bills fan, you don't get to say too often, mm -hmm. you know, most of the last 18 years, if the game was going down to the last five minutes, you kind of knew they were going to figure out a way to blow it somehow. And this team doesn't do that as often as they, they could or should. Um, now, again, you can say that this Titans team is a bit overrated. I think they probably were. They actually, I was going briefly over to one of the Titans, like um, SB Nation sites, which is their SB Nation site is named Music City Miracles. So fuck them. How about that? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't even type it. I knew that, but I don't type it in still. Like when I want to visit it, like I did last week, Titans SB Nation. Just, yeah, type, just, just don't even want to type, yeah. type out that term. We'll not give you the acknowledgement. Um, so, and they were, you know, there was a lot of the commenters uh, from their site basically after the game. Uh, apparently, their left tackle, Taylor Lewin from Michigan, jerk, uh, big Michigan game this week from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he was saying that the Titans needed more respect because they had just beaten the uh, the Eagles, of course, Super Bowl champs, and mm -hmm. they've been they've been doing a lot of good things, and and they needed more respect. And then, of course, they they go out and lose to, admittedly, not that great Bills team. Um, no, I'd say a very not great Bills team. But go ahead, yes. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I think the point is, is that you know McDermott by hook or by crook manages to to win some of these games, um, it, whether it's attention to detail or just not screwing things up. I feel like that's half the battle some of these times. Like not taking, um, I forget what it was that the Titans did. They had like a delay of game on like third and two in the red zone or something. I forget what it was, mm -hmm. uh, or I forget what it was. It was in the two minute drill or something. Um, and so they, so like things like that. And then the other thing is, um, you know, it was clear the way that they were talking about it after the game that they, and, and McDermott had kind of previewed it going into the, going into the thing that they kind of changed the offense. They, they fully invested in the run game. And I don't know that yes. I would say that they had a chance to get into it in some of these games, but I would say they definitely emphasized it more, stuck to it more. And I'm going to assume that's McDermott's call. I don't think that was Brian Dayball who's like, oh, this whole offense that I've you know, run my whole life, I don't think it's really working that well. I'm going to try and go with something a little different. I'm pretty sure that's Sean McDermott saying, well, Sean McCoy is the only one on our offense who's doing anything. 
who has the chance of doing anything. Let's just give him the ball and see what happens. And if we score 13 points, maybe that'll be enough to win the game. And, you know, obviously it, it worked out. Now, again, there could be lots of other problems. I think there are lots of other problems with Sean McDermott, but I will say that I don't, I, I think I'm, I'm pleased with the, the kind of mental toughness and, and ability to kind of stick through this thing. I, again, a couple weeks ago in that Ravens game, I wouldn't have said any of those things because it looked like the whole team just basically gave up. Um, so maybe that's one of those things where it's like if they're not they're not in the game, then McDermott's kind of messaging goes out the door because he's not no one's buying into anything that they're saying. But mm-hmm. um, you know, in this game, at least it worked. So I, I, at least for this game, I'll say it worked. And, yeah, uh, I would... I'm gonna I'm gonna go upstairs very quickly. I'll be right back. Sure. All right. If I come upstairs, he means consult God about what he feels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, was truly we'll be back, truly with, where we'll be back with God's thoughts on the Bills game <laughs> soon. <laughs> I that's that's the one guest guest host we've really been missing. So you know, my thoughts align a lot with with Scott's. It was, you know, I want to focus on the positive of the game because let's let's face it, there were positives. This defense, this McDermott era defense, which can get gashed for large sums of points and yards in games also has a knack for getting key turnovers at key times. And they did that again mm-hmm. this week, right on the Texans opening drive. I think it was either the first or second play. They force a fumble. They get it. That leads to the Bills' only touchdown drive of the game. They got a key you know, they got a, a key turnover in the middle, couldn't do anything with it, but they because they had the botched field goal, which was a lot of fun. But then at the end they they took it, they went down, they kicked a, another field goal to give them some separation between mm-hmm. them and, and Tennessee at that point in time. So the I don't want to overlook just how spot on the defense was. The pass rush was good. The secondary, without their first and second string strong safeties, looked good. Without Micah Hyde, without Raphael Bush, you know, kudos to Dean Marlowe and Sierra Neal, I think, who both got playing time yesterday and helped to hold that position down. So really pleased with the, the defensive effort. Shaq Lawson, his buddy, who was supposed to come to the game, died during the week he came out and he played one of his best games of the year with a, a key forced fumble. So that was great to see too. Special teams, iffy at times we've, you know, uh, Scott's gone, but we're going to, we're going to bet Frank. If, if Hauschka's not the, the first star, you know, I, I think yeah, we've got to give it to, to be Scott. on the list. We'll have, he does have a bias against kicking people, but he does. We'll but see. I mean, it was he, if McDermott hands him the game ball and has him do the one, two, three bills chant and the post game meeting, I feel mm. that, that Scott can give them the number one star. But right. we'll see how that goes. Uh, but they did give up a big punt return. They did have the play where uh, Bajorquez, the punter slash holder, got up and ran a what would we would assume be a beautiful fake punt if uh, or fake field goal if, in fact, anyone else had been running the same play. Right. So that was the, the challenge of that play. And just this year – if that, that is something I was talking about my dad uh, with my dad about that last night. I've never in my life seen a holder stand up to fake it, seen everyone around him, either in front of him blocking, and then the kicker running up to the ball, then having an oh shit moment. And what does he do? While standing, he puts the tip of the ball back on the ground as if Hauschka's now going to kick it. Yeah, he that, went for it. I mean, like, I, what do you do though when you clearly. That's true. Well, then he went all Yara Upremian and decided mm-hmm. to roll out and fling a ball towards Hauschka's general direction, which did then give Stephen Hauschka as many targets yesterday as Charles Clay, which really says something considering a pass play was never called while Hauschka was on the field. Correct. But oh, that's the bad stuff. The special teams also got much better with coverage after the one big return. They got a good return of their own, and you, you can't talk enough about what Hauschka does for you in the kicking game. Offense, to focus on the positive there, the running game, they didn't have a big yardage per carry, but, man, I was really, and I mentioned this on, on Twitter, and I'm sure I'll talk about this more, so I don't want to go into too much detail, but really liking Dable's game plan. Uh, last week, my critique of him was that I felt he overthought it. You know, the the game plan for the Packers is attack them up the middle, attack them with the run. They ran the ball a total of 11 times the entire game. This time, they called 41 running plays. They ran a total of 43 times, if you count the scrambles by by Allen. And, you know, they only averaged – They it was under four yards a carry, 3.8 or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But it was effective. It was gaining yards when they, they needed to. They were getting first downs. And they, the, it was taking the, – the theory is when you do that, it takes pressure off your quarterback. They have to expect the run two-thirds of the time, 
And, you know, it should open up holes for the passing game, which to get to the negative, it did not. Really, the passing game was was abysmal yesterday. And yeah, I hear a lot of criticism for Allen. He might very well be terrible. He might very well be spectacular. Remember, everyone, this is start number four of his NFL career. And we were told of all the prospects. He had the biggest, uh, you know, learning curve. Supposed to sit. Yeah, right. So. I have no judgment I want to pass toward him at this point, the things he needs to get better at, you know, going through his progressions a little bit faster, you know, not being afraid. And this is so odd to say about a Bills QB, but not being afraid to take a check down if you go through your progressions and they're not there. You know, that's something he's got to make sure he's, he's But otherwise, you know, my issue, the, the pass protection was better, but still not great. The receivers weren't getting really any separation that I could see. They weren't coming up with big plays to help their quarterback. So, you know, some of it's certainly on Allen. A lot of it's on the receivers. Some on the offensive line, though, you know, the great thing is when you make them expect run, I think they had one sack on 21 dropbacks for Allen, something like that. One sack mm-hmm. on 20 or 21 dropbacks. So I'm not going to complain about that. So, you know, but really we're – nothing was surprising about the the pass offense when you look at this core of receivers. That, is, that has been – exactly as expected to this point in the year. But like I said uh, to the, the group on Twitter, it, it, it's a win. And there were positive signs in there. And you, you take those and, you know, they, they, I have a, this will not be the last game that they win like this this year. Yeah, and that's sort of um, the, the question that I think Scott's comments were at least hinting at is like, is this how they want to win games? It certainly does at times if you look at, McDermott and you look at the um and you look at what they have and 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 kind of listen to his talk it sounds like they want these sort of defense wins the game run and pass just as much as you have to and so you know was this a dream game for them was this exactly the kind of game that they want all the time like you know get in there and 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 do just enough and and impose your will and all that or or you know do you think behind closed doors they acknowledge that this is a this was not a great performance by the offense and not what they wanted. And <clears throat> that's a, that's a fair question going forward. I think that I don't agree that this is the full, at least the full front office position on the team. Because I think if you wanted to control the football, you would have kept Tyrod Taylor. If there was one thing that he did <clears throat> well was not turn it over. Um, you know, you get Josh Allen as a work in progress because you want to presumably throw the football. And I think that, <clears throat> at times they've tried to throw the football, even if they, even if they can't um, to your, your uh, point, Paul, I mean, you, you talk about um, the, the passing game being abysmal. I definitely agree that I don't want to pass judgment on Josh Allen here. He certainly made some passes that didn't look very good. He also like his interception. That wasn't him, right? Like the difference between him being 10 of 19 for an, with an interception and 11 of 19 with no interceptions is, you know, this ridiculous Andre Holmes, you know, hits him in the hands and he should catch that ball. Yeah. He doesn't. Or, or at least come back to the ball in a way that makes it easier for his, uh, his, you know, easier for right. Alan to try and get the worst thing that should be an incompletion. Now over the course of the season, that's going to wash out because he's going to get a catch that he shouldn't get. But like in the, in the scope of one game, it's certainly an unfortunate play and it, and it, and it doesn't make him make him look good, but it makes him look like, well, they just didn't have a very big passing game plan, which I think was the plan for this game. I wouldn't be surprised if there are games going forward where they're going to try and pass it more. But when you have Kelvin Benjamin running the streak on the opening flea flicker, you're in trouble because that's not who he is, right? That's not the flea flicker receiver. Um, so, cause they don't have the flea flicker receiver basically. Um, <laughs> So, which, which is maybe all the more reason to try running it, but you know, you know me, I like a good flea flicker, but. Um, right. I mean, you got to, where's what's Percy Harvin up to? Can we get exactly. him to retire one more time? Right. Well, speaking of pulling people, the corpse of football players out, we're going to get to some people who might be coming to the team shortly. Um, I, I watched the first, most of the, I mean, I watched all the highlights and then I watched most of the first half before I went to Disney on ice, um, which was. I got to say, I went there assuming the worst and it was kind of excellent. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just saying, uh, <laughs> um, Ariel and Moana were excellent skaters. Uh, but as doc- someone without kids though, it's creepy. If I just go to that, you'd be surprised the number of people that go to Disney events without kids. But yes, <laughs> I find those people creepy. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, um, they don't talk to that man, honey. Exactly. Josh Allen um, hit that. The, the, the touchdown run was excellent. I, I thought that was cool. Um, and I certainly felt like he didn't, um, even if you don't want to say he did very much on that last drive, he certainly didn't panic and he didn't freak out. And so he only threw the ball twice. Well, right, but you still he still had to throw the ball twice, and he didn't hide get... the line of scrimmage. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm but gonna... he, okay, but but did he know like the yardage? That, did he was he aware of the the game clock situation? Was he aware of the thing? Did he did he like barf he up the ball throw throw very quickly? The... To back Frank's point here, he had to get rid of that ball immediately for he those plays to change... develop, and they both got ten plus yards. So he can't, I, I'm not going to say he he like led the drive, but what I'm going to say is. He didn't get in the way of the drive, which again, when you're starting with a quarterback that was for all intents and purposes, you know, was, was supposed to be a cartoon character version of a quarterback. The fact that he can go in there and not throw up on his shoes counts for something. And so only if you're judging him by those perceptions, if you're judging him by the perception of this is the guy who we spent the entire franchise to get. Okay. Well, it's a different scale. Should he have thrown it into the clown hands of Andre Holmes again? Or should he have like hope that Kelvin Benjamin felt like playing clown hands? He would have caught it. That's the point there. I'm just glad we have the title of this pod. Uh, the clown hands of Andre Holmes. The clown hands of Andre Holmes is gonna is gonna yourself be, on the back, Frank. Is gonna be a, a a part of the lore of this podcast. It's, it's it also the, when Lashawn McCoy when Lashawn McCoy rips off a bunch of yards, you don't have to get nearly as many. So like you don't have to ask him to do as much. All I'm saying is there are points at which you can draw favorables for a for a person who was again basically we were told like. Like you think Nathan Peterman, Nathan Peterman's bad. Well, you've not seen anything yet. I mean, like that's literally what he was supposed to be and he's not. So I don't know. Frank, Frank, again, you you can't, sorry. And I I will stop at this point, but once I've made my point and not allowed you to, to, (laughs) once once you move me (laughs) off my point, we'll we'll stop. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, But the point you're, you're, you kind of have this. Yeah, I get it. There were lots of people who said he wasn't good, but the people who said he was good were the guys who traded up to get him and are our general manager and coach. Right. But we don't know that he's not good yet. So I'm just saying you can't only draw, you can't only compare him to his worst critics. Correct. Also have to compare him to the expectation that the franchise has put on him. And I will. Good. And I will, but I think you can know more quickly that he's not as bad as some people said he was before you can determine whether he's as good as some people thought he was. I think you can already tell that he's not Nate Peterman and he doesn't, he's not going to throw up on his shoes, which is my, I'm going to keep saying that until you accept it. (laughs) I'm sure in Wyoming, he threw up in his shoes once at a kegger, but (laughs) He hasn't done it at the NFL level. And I think you can, I all, I am not saying he's a good quarterback yet. I'm just saying that in, in a, in a system where everything is stacked against him, he has not been the weakest. He is not the weakest link of this offense by a long shot. He is not. And so I'm happy for that. Now, if next year they decide they're going to draft some wide receivers and some linemen or, or get some offensive talent in here and he doesn't move forward. Okay. Then you know what they blow and they, they really screwed the pooch on it and you know, enter version 11 of it, but I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm not, I don't need Josh Allen. I don't need the, the, the positive on the Josh Allen P stick yet to to determine that he's you know good that was a failed pregnancy test metaphor but um not fully pregnant (laughs) (laughs) that was you're trying to think of like uh, pregnancy metaphor you're like you know what i mean i'm also pun this just to i'm gonna double up and i'm gonna pun this Uh uh-oh oh right that's me i thought you had yet another pun you were no i'm not gonna triple up with okay okay well okay well we can we can discuss Alan further, sir. But um, I think that that's my one takeaway. And then the other takeaway is that you know softer part of the schedule. The defense looked better. They got some turnovers. They're the same defense that they were last year. They're not stopping people and forcing tons of punts, but they are getting turnovers. And when they do that, they win by one in terrible fashion. You know, again, this wasn't a great offensive day. I just am once again re encouraged that you know Josh Allen is 
showing some things. And so as the year goes on, I will want him to show more things and continue to show the old things. But, you know, for game four, I'm satisfied. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, perhaps Scott could give us three stars if I have not offended him so with my take. <laughs> I'm hanging up. <laughs> this is the worst podcast ever. Exactly. I'm walking out. Um, so this is another game where it's tough to get three stars because obviously it's usually easier to pick offensive players when you're picking defensive guys you're always kind of it's a little bit you know is the defense built that way is it is it kind of designed mm -hmm. for certain people to get more more you know <clears throat> yards or points or whatever um but i think i will go ahead and continue to uh to get in here and and do my due diligence on the three stars your honorable mention is going to be even Hauschka. Wow. Again, wow. It's so while you were off the line, Paul was certain he'd be first star. And I said Scott is biased against kicking people. I'm not but... biased. I'm just saying it's their job to kick things. Like, that's all they do is kick stuff. <laughs> I'm so, so, but I'm it's, so glad it's you're not my manager. It's a passing game's job to successfully complete passing plays, and yet they didn't seem to be able to do that. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if anyone on this, and if and if Mar Mariota or uh, Allen get the star, you'd have a point. But that's not 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 the case. Anyway, honorable mention for Stephen Hauschka because he obviously had a lot of pressure. Whole game was running on it. Clearly, the the whole offense is going to be kind of Stephen Hauschka focused at this point. Uh, he uh, actually did not even have a good a day. It, it occurs to me now as suck up the other kicker for Giants technically because the other guy had had four field goals that he made but obviously uh how she coming through with the big kick at the end to, to win the game which is uh which is a good way to get to an honorable mention not necessarily a star as longtime listeners know kickers and punters don't usually make uh three stars until the weather gets gets bad um so your third star is going to be i'm going to give it to Jarrell casey who had two tackles for loss out of his five tackles um again the the games uh were the game was dominated to a certain extent by defenses on both sides. Uh, it wasn't a lot of pretty stuff. The Bills offensive line did play better, um, but the the Titans did have their fair share of plays. A lot of guys pretty played well, uh, played pretty well for them. Um, you could have given it to Rackbo had a decent day, Daquan Jones, um, but but generally I think Jarrell Casey should kind of the, the pace setter for the Titans line, um, and he he did a pretty good job. So uh, your second star is going to go to. I'm going to give it to uh, Matt Milano. Ten tackles, okay. uh, one tackle for a loss. Uh, he also had the fumble recovery, if I'm not mistaken, of the fumble that was forced by Tremaine Edmonds. Um, again, uh, a linebacker on the Bills doing a pretty decent job. Uh, you know, seems to be pretty competent flying around the ball. Seems to be playing a little more downhill now. Um, generally, part of an improving defense, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. um, but that would be probably about it. Helps then, to play the Titans. Yeah, that's that's probably part of it. Another team that has a lot of problems, not a lot of great wide receiver talent, and and frankly, not a great a lot of linemen either. Similar mm -hmm. to the Bills. Um, uh, they, they were they were three and one, so they know, if they, they can beat three awesome. teams, the Bills Bills have a chance to win more games. That's really the goal with this team. Just just win some more games. Just mm -hmm. just win some games. Yes, I saw some a certain sports blog site uh, put Bay Bills playoff chances, and I'm like. Let's not. It's it's we're five games into the season. Let's not even put that. Beat a key AFC rival though. It's like true. You know. Positioning conference game. Um, your first star, however, will go to I give it to Lorenzo Alexander because I feel like he had a pretty Hailed good game Lord. on Sunday. A lot of lot of good lot of good plays, always in on a couple plays. Obviously a leader of the defense, had four tackles, uh, and a tackle one of those was for loss and a pass deflection. Um so, but again, uh, you know, you could have given it to Jerry Hughes, who was who was um, had two tackles for loss to Ron Johnson, uh, uh, another kind of Sean McDermott late round find potentially. Uh, it's a little early, but uh, you know, again, had the interception, almost had some other stuff last week. I feel like he had a sack. Is that who I'm thinking of, or is that Neil? Anyway, um, but yeah, a lot of again, a lot of good play on the defense today or on Sunday. Just not, um, you know, don't want to get ahead of ourselves either. Again, as previously stated, it is, it is the Titans, and and they did just enough to win, and that gets them two out of the three stars. It's our first kind of 
I think this is our first breakup of the stars, which we have uh, usually it's less this far this year. It's all been three stars one way or the other, but that's about it for three stars. And I'm going to say three stars one more time just to say three stars because I've said three stars a lot. And then uh, someone else can talk. Very good. Uh, yes. It's also, you know, the, the, um, the three stars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's uh, the closest game that we've had in yes. the year. So it's, it's totally justifiable that we would finally split the stars. Yes. Um, the uh, as an aside, um, we the this is the first time since let's see, twenty January twenty thirteen. Uh, Paul might know what I'm talking about. January twenty thirteen was the last time the Buffalo Sabers had an above five hundred <laughs> record during the season. Um, <laughs> Which, they, oh, they played this half. They played Vegas this afternoon, right? They did, and they won four to one. Wow! And they they blew them away. And this was so January 9th. I don't know the exact time, but we're talking. <laughs> if I go to bbillsmny.wordpress.com, which is where we keep our legacy podcast, the, we're talking episodes 28, 29, and 30, which means it's barely season two. <laughs> April. We started in April 2012. Yeah. So, no, this is season one. So the entire time that we've had a podcast, <laughs> basically they've been below 500. So there you go. Um, just to put a little Buffalo perspective there. Uh, the bills are thinking about shoring up their quarterback position by signing and, and also celebrating Halloween by signing the corpse of Derek Anderson, um, who, as I just realized, played in three football games last year, did not realize that for the Carolina Panthers. So um, good for him. How um, many football games did you play in last year, Frank? <laughs> he was two of eight last year for <laughs> uh, 17 yards, zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's one of these great quarterbacks that has the same number of touchdowns and interceptions, 60 and 60. Um, obviously, the Bills are looking probably for a, a veteran presence, somebody more accomplished than Nate Peterman uh, to bring in and um, you know, help the young player. The two things that I will say is that one today in, in, in the press conference, even though they, they hadn't, um, officially signed him, uh, McDermott was talking like that they had signed him for a second and then sort of quickly corrected himself saying, Oh yeah, well, you know, if he comes in and not when he comes in. Um, and then the second thing was apparently, uh, the Mortenston who had the original report, had said that there had been talk of playing time for Derek Anderson. Um, so I started with Scott the first time. I'll start with Paul this time. Paul, what do you think of signing Derek Anderson? And what do you think of those? Um, what do you think of the idea of him getting playing time? Is that realistic? What does that mean? Uh, do you read anything into that? Mm, three stars. Three stars. Three stars. <laughs> three stars. Thank you. <laughs> The uh, yeah, I be my I have no issue, and I'm glad you asked the question the way you did because it's exactly how I want to answer it. I have no issue with bringing Derek Anderson in. You have yes, you're going to have some dead money with McCarron. That's unavoidable. So you're spending more money on the quarterback position, but the Bills are spending so little on the quarterback position between a rookie draft pick, a second year, fifth round player, and the dead cap money of a guy you traded. Uh, which which was not huge. It was a few million maybe. And so you bring another quarterback at probably the league minimum or slightly over. You bring in a guy who McDermott knows, who obviously McDermott saw the way he, you know, was a either a sounding board for Cam Newton, a mentor for Cam Newton, whatever it was, he played a, a positive role. And so you get a guy like that in your your clubhouse. Remember, Derek Anderson wasn't always terrible. We always joke about the, the game against the Bills where he went two of seven and they mm -hmm. won. But he also had a 10-6 and six season with the Browns. He was a, a very a solid passer, I want to say, back in 2007 or so. Whenever 2007 they, whenever, was his 10-5 year. He didn't start one of the games, so I don't know yeah, that. So he, he was good that year, and the, the, I think he might have even made a Pro Bowl. I did, don't quote me on that, but I know he, yes, he was. Yes, you got it. That's his one right. and only Pro Bowl selection. Yep. Yeah. So you're, you're, not, you're not playing him for the player he is. Now you're you're you would be signing him for the you know mentor slash coach slash knowledge resource he is today, and I have to imagine that that's pretty substantial. So I like the idea of him on the the roster, and I, I really hope he can can help the team. 
the plain time report of Mortensen, that really scares No, there's no reason he should have playing time barring an injury. They will. You have made your commitment to sink or swim with Josh Allen this year. It is doing no good. And this is when we talked at the beginning of the year, none of us wanted to start Allen at that point. The thought was one of the reasons is once he's in there, you can't pull him out. They did that with Manuel. They did it with Lossman. Then they did it with the Edwards and all of them fail and all of them would have failed normally granted, but why stilt his development? They have always preached about, we are trying to win now and win in the future, you know, and winning in the future is, and they frequently refer to the, you know, how this is a build and they are still building and they have a long way to go because they're only in year two. If they want to stay true to that, then Allen stays out there as long as he's healthy. Anderson helps coach him. The only time you want to see Derek Anderson in with playing time is when the Bills are up or down 40 to 7 with, you know, a few minutes left in a, in a game, maybe even just up. If they're down, I'd rather see Allen finish those games. So – you know, that's that's my thing. So great. Would love to see him signed. Have no issue with it. If he gets playing time, though, in a non-blowout situation, then I, I have real problems with that. Scott? Yeah, I you know, I kind of go back and forth. Um, you know, on on some level, I yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Paul, and then I'm definitely fine bringing him in. I don't know what this means for, for Peterman. I don't know how you can keep... Yeah, I, mean, I guess it might be the old heave-ho. I mean... <laughs> You can can you send him down to the practice squad? I guess yes, he has practice second squad. Year. He does, but you'd have to put him on waivers and risk, huh? Someone uh, taking him. You'd be my joke of what if they lose him? <laughs> right. No one's got it. No one's gonna take Nate Peterman. A CFL team will be like, you know, no, we're good. Yeah. So I think I think that's uh, I think that's fair to to bring him in. I think I do get um, I do wonder about the playing time thing if they if the team is able to put something together, I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, I don't feel like there's enough chance that the offense is going to be as, as Frank was putting, I think correctly, like Allen is not the worst part of the offense right now. It is definitely the wide receivers are, are really a very much a, uh, you know, I don't say a work in progress. Like the work has not begun with the wide receivers for, for mm -hmm. all intents and purposes. So I think, um, it's going to be tough to see a situation in which we can conclusively say like this team could be winning games if it wasn't for the fact that Josh Allen's in there. So I, so I, so if, if there were, if for some reason, you know, Zay Jones turned into Jerry Rice, then yeah, maybe there'd be a point where it'd be like, if Allen's still throwing for like a hundred yards a game, then maybe you think about Derek Anderson coming in to, to give your, you know, if you got a shot at, you know, an outside shot at a wild card or something, maybe. But I, again, I think those, those possibilities are so unlikely that there's no point in really trying to talk about um, any kind of playing time for Derek Anderson at this point. Yeah. They've, 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 they've managed to fix the line enough to where my concerns about Allen being uh, completely obliterated by the time, you know, week six comes um, have been reduced somewhat. And uh, accordingly, I think we're, I think we can continue to let it ride with him. Yeah, I'm, I think that, you know, not to, so I won't belabor the point. I agree completely with everything everyone has said here. Um, it might've been like the, the conversation was, Hey, we're not ruling you out playing, you know, like once you learn the playbook, if there's a need for it, sure. Like, you know, injuries happen or whatever. But I think that you're right that, you know, no one on this, I, I think that they don't think that Allen's the worst part of the team. I don't think that they can, they can even remotely justify like any sort of position, suggesting that um i think that there's room for nathan peterman on the practice squad and i think that there is my wonder is if scott mcdermott um or sean mcdermott jesus poor scott uh <laughs> um uh if uh he sort of um you know loath to let him go because i do believe that one of the few but important disconnects between uh the front office and mcdermott is is um peterman and you know the fetishizing of peterman for for mcdermott and and the need to move on from the front office and so he'll want to keep him and he won't want to let him go and he's a good guy and blah 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 and prepares and all that great stuff and he just turns out to be a bad quarterback um so you know they might try and find room for him on the practice squad i would be a little angry about that because we have turned down uh the opportunity to bring in so many wide receivers um that which is a clear area of need um and then to sort of bend over backwards to keep a guy as 
you know, piss poor as Peterman anywhere around the team, just that just rubs me the wrong way um, that we're, you know, sort of looking to keep him for some reason, but not actually try and find somebody who on the off chance might improve your team at all. I'm not saying like Des Bryant or trading for somebody, but like there are wide receivers out there that you could at least be bringing in for, um, you know, there's some guy out there who can run fast that could run that uh, route that Bel Benjamin slogged through um, better. So, or at least have a, a shot at it. So that's the only thing that would really rub me wrong way about keeping Peterman, but yeah, Anderson, I am, I am in agreement across the board. Um, did we have Facebook or Twitter questions? I didn't see any. We had, we had one Twitter question and I don't know if, uh, we had anyone on I'll check Facebook. I'm pulling it up now too. All right. I'll do the Twitter question while you guys are. Oh, there's my kid saying I want Starbucks. Yeah. That's she's on my Facebook. Okay. That's good. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, Adam soundtrack seven one six. He had some thoughts. He said, "I'm glad to see the team find a way to win." And yes, the talent around Allen suspect at best, but I'd like to see more from him than we are getting. I think we can we can agree on that. I think we all touched base a little bit and said it's tough to judge Allen, and you you agree with that because the talent around him is suspect. But you do want to see a guy who you know we looked at you know the first game he had what 265 yards pass and i think scott made the point on that that podcast when i was still mm -hmm. overseas that you know that was more than you'd get in 75% of tyrod starts maybe more than that more than 80% of tyrod starts possibly 90% but tyrod didn't throw for a lot of yards and we haven't really seen that since when the opportunity's <laughs> been there now did we expect him to go 19 for 19 throwing for 400 yards no but 10 of 19 for the 80 some he threw when you're only throwing 19 times because you're relying on the run so much you should probably 15 of 19 your completion should be for about 12 yards you should be thrown for 180 you know and, and that's the next stage he needs to get to so i'd like to see more from him too his question was this the most mcdermott win ever 13 and 12 seems like his dream i think scott really alluded to that when we were talking earlier too this is it, this reminded me of the the Falcons McDermott win last year, if you will, where it's like, mm -hmm. all right, the the defense has gotten an interception brought down to the 43, and then the offense would get to the 39 after three plays, and they would kick a 56-yard field goal, which was actually one of the drives. And then that another one where the offense went backwards after a turnover and they kicked a 50-plus-yard field goal. So, yeah, this was, this was the ideal McDermott victory. Keep it close, keep it on the ground. Have your defense come up with turnovers, have your offense except for one play, keep it out of the opponent's hands and, and win. So yeah, it definitely lacked some, it definitely lacked consistent excitement throughout the game, even though there were certainly some exciting moments and a really exciting finish. But yeah, this is definitely a big uh big McDermott type win, if you will. Did you want to read Brian's comment, Scott? Yeah, or? similar. I mean, it kind of says, you know, he says that you know the win makes waking. Uh, up today seem better on the other it might make mcdermott think his process is working be a vision of the future yeah again we did we did kind of discuss a bit of this i mean i think in terms of like yeah what the vision is i think that's one of my concerns a little bit about the strategic kind of part of this you know strategically where the team is going is you know is everyone synced up because it seems like mcdermott has this kind of run game defense and um whatchamacallit and kind of like a Peterman style game manager esque almost quarterback to a certain extent that he wants to, 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 to work with. Um, and I'm not sure that that's the team that the general manager and the offensive coordinator to a certain extent are, are building for, and that there's a lot of um, that you kind of, everyone needs to be on the same page a little bit. I think that's why I get a little concerned about like, well, if we have Dable in there to run an offense kind of like there was at Alabama with a lot of, you know, deep shots and intermediate shots and run pass option and that kind of stuff. And then we end up basically running it out of the eye for 30, 35 times a game. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that we're maximizing our personal effectively and that, you know, whether or not McDermott is, you know, we could have a lot of people call that kind of offense. We brought Dable in to do that kind of thing and not letting him do that effectively is, is I'm, I'm, I get a little wondering about, where we're going with with the offense here so yeah it's a fair it's a very fair question and it's and it's one that i think we'll be talking about all year and maybe into next year because 
as somebody pointed out on the radio uh, sometime today or yesterday that, you know, Greg Roman was fired two games into what was supposed to be the next year of the offense. Remember like, Oh, well, we've got it now. We've that's when we got Charles clay. And it's like, now we've got all the right pieces around Tyrod and the offense is going to be fine. And he was fired two games in. So I don't think I'm not predicting that for Dable, but I think that, even going into next season, if they get some new receivers, they could say, oh, yeah, we're going to really open up the offense. Well, you know, until I see them open up the offense, I'm not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, what yes. happened, What headlines were on this day in Bill's history? Wow, this was a, this was a very interesting day. So I I have compromised. I'm not going to where we're, we're going to. So, Scott, you're going to have an opportunity here to come up with a great trivia answer. Uh, I'm not going to give any game summaries, but I'm going to mention two games on this day without going into details about them. So first, though, we'll rip through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine headlines that I was able to find on this day. There were some dead zones in there, but there were also some headlines where I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. I really want to see if uh, these guys can get it. So the first headline, way back to 2017, blank is playing like a man possessed and the Bills defense is soaring. Um, blank is playing like a man because this is the Bills defense of 2017. Yep. yep, the Bills did end up losing the game on this day to the Bengals uh, a year ago today, but that was the headline going into the game. Hmm. I'm trying to decide if it's an ironic answer or if it's actually like somebody who's kind of good. I'm going to say Micah Hyde. I'm going to say Lorenzo Alexander. Both excellent guesses, and you're both on the right track of choosing a guy who is not ironic but actually good. It was Mr. Jerry Hughes. Ah, yeah, he also yes. – Who we also oh. didn't talk about his play where he was worried he would get uh, charged with uh, dropping Mariota too hard, so he just let go of him yesterday, <laughs> which was, was hilarious. And he had to say in the post game, like, I didn't want to roughing the passer. And he said he asked the ref later, and the ref's like, just take him and keep driving him backwards and I will blow the whistle. Don't let go of him. So then, but Jerry avoided his roughing the passer, but instead there was no sack. On a quick side note, how come when they smashed the punter who was lined up as a passer, that wasn't roughing the passer? It's not roughing the quarterback. I guess he was in the process of throwing the ball. And I think also because he's a punter throwing a ball. I I, think the rules. Everyone was so confused. Right. (laughs) That's that Scott actually, I think has the real answer, which was, it was like, what, how do you react? Uh, who's anticipating that? Literally, the Jorquez was the only one who had any idea that that was coming. So, you know. Okay. All, All right. right. Moving on to the, uh, the next one. 2000, 2016, new Bills receiver blank, ready to roll versus Rams. This is a receiver who was signed early in the season. Great red zone target, caught a bunch of touchdown passes. Now he is with Pittsburgh. Oh, Ryan's last year. Hmm. Uh, oh, 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 um, Justin Hunter. Oh, Justin Hunter. You got it. Scott comes through. Well done Good for you, Scott. All right. If you can get either of these, these players, you get credit. And if you can guess one of them in the right spot, you get it. 2015 can blank handle workhorse role in Bill's backfield if blank can't play. Uh, Carlos Williams. He is in one of those those uh, those Mad Libs, if you will. Um, and the other one is... It's got to be... It's gotta be, it could be Fred, or it could be... Um, I think it's McCoy, though, right? No, I think... He, Maybe I'm going to, I'm going to say Fred. All right. I'll read the whole headline. Uh, the first one is can Booby Dixon oh. work coach role in Bill's backfield. If Carlos Williams can't go, McCoy was going to be hurt this game. So, all right. 2014 kickoff specialist blank. goes the distance for bills. Kickoff specialist. Dexter McCluster. <laughs> Um, there was a guy. There uh, was a man once. Oh wait, was it that other guy that we had? It was <laughs> not Billy Cundiff. That might have been you were thinking. It was a Bills uh, kicking specialist for one game. Which yeah, I also like, found. we had that guy, Brad Deluiso. 
would that would be correct in 1989. <laughs> this guy was cut exactly one year later. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who oh yeah, that? I remember uh, that because that was the big experiment. It was like, oh, like, are we going to save so and so's leg roster spot? Yeah, exactly. Um, who was that guy? Um, I'm going to say um, uh, Oscar the Grouch. Good, Oscar good answer. So Jordan Gay. Jordan, Jordan Gay. Gay. Yep. 2013, Bills to start quarterback blank on Sunday. 2000 what? 13. 2013. Who's the quarterback? This early uh, in the season? No, it's it's a it's a trick. <laughs> it's, it's a trap. It's Thad Lewis. <laughs> it's Thad Lewis. Yes. <laughs> well played, sir. Nicely done. 2012, uh, two things happened this day. I went to the bar to watch the game on one TV where the Washington Nationals winning game one of their series with the St. Louis Cardinals behind Gio Gonzalez. I know uh, what happened also, on the other television. Yeah. Yes. San Francisco 49ers crushed Buffalo Bills 45 to three blank, leaving little room for doubters. And by blank, this is a quarterback for the 49ers. Oh, Alex Smith. Alex Smith. It was in between him and Kaepernick. This is before Cap was back. Yeah. All right, this is a guess one of two, 2010. Bill's linebacker blank and safety blank out for Jaguars game. Now, the Bill's linebacker, his brother died just this week, former USC Trojan and San Diego Charger. What's his hmm. brother? Um, I, uh, I didn't hear this. Uh, yeah, 2012. 2010. 2010. In the, safety, in the safety in this situation also would play linebacker for the Bills eventually. So really, you can guess any linebacker around the 2010 era, and you've got a shot. Takeo uh, Spikes. Oh, it's too too late. Yeah. Um, the answer is. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, was, uh, I'll, I'll give the answer. Jeff well, Fisher. Uh, Jeff Fisher, yes. Mm. Jeff. Uh, Brian Scott was the safety. Okay. And then the linebacker whose brother died this week was Keith Allison, his brother Kevin Allison. Ah. And they're still okay. trying to determine the circumstances. Those are some, those are, and I, uh, all due respect, you know, to his, the passing of his brother, but those two linebackers are all time Billsy names. Yes. Like yeah. completely forgettable. <laughs> I didn't realize Elson played five seasons with the Bills. That five that seasons. sounds about right because yeah. he, yeah. he he both feels like he was there and did something and then never really did anything. So yeah, yeah it's definitely a guy who was cut after the Bills and then no one ever re-signed him because he was never really. Yeah, yeah, that. that's exactly mm -hmm. it. All right, two thousand three. There was not much in headlines in between two thousand three and ten. Uh, tight end Indeed. slash long snapper blank suffers broken hand. This would be a huge bonus if you get this one. Uh, I'm only Sanborn? Ten seconds because you have never no chance. Nope, too too early for Sanborn. He he was a long snapper. That I feel a, good. John Dorenbos. Great guess, but no, he was just a long snapper. Dave Moore. Mm. Dave Moore. The only thing I remember about him is he took number eighty three, and uh, Andre Reed was pissed. But I, that's I forget. Didn't we have a bunch of tight ends named Dave at one point? Was that then? We had a, we had I remember Derek Fine and Derek Schumann. We had a Derek. Derek's, yeah. We had the Derek's. Yes. Yeah. All right, two to go. Two thousand Dolphins player blank adds spikes to intense Bills Dolphins matchup. It's because he's a former Bill. Is my hint. Give me the year again. Sorry. Two thousand. Two thousand former, former Bill. Former linebacker. I won't give a position. I think I'm he said linebacker, but. Pretty sure that was the headline, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Dolphins blank adds spice to intense Bills Dolphins matchup. That was the headline. If okay. I said linebacker, it was oh, it was okay. wrong. So it's not a linebacker. Don't think about a linebacker. Well, this is way after Thurman retired, so it's not him. Yeah. Um, um I'll say Dan Marino, former Bill Dan Marino. <laughs> <laughs> the answer, which Marcellus was Wiley. No, Marcellus is a good guess. It yeah, was Thurman. Really? Thurman Thomas, 2000. Yeah, he played for the Bills to 99, 80. Wow, okay. 99, then one that doesn't seem right, yeah. Yeah, that's like... I think Paul's wrong. 
now I you can, did all this research and still did it wrong. Yeah, no, you can can check that out. Remember, ninety nine his last game with the Bills was home run throwback. Yeah, but who can really say like if that's? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, you can look that up, but like you're gonna believe uh, on what? I mean, what source? Like, I mean, I mean, wake up, like people. It doesn't sound like it came from Infowars. I'm sorry. <laughs> last uh, last headline before the two quick game questions. Okay. Center blank earns high grades for attitude performance. This was 1999, the Bills center. I will remember him for when oh. Rob Johnson's shoe fell oh. off against Tennessee. Oh. Johnson couldn't find it because this player had taken the shoe and thrown it into the seats because you need to get it off the field because you can't have equipment on the field. Hmm. I wish this was a Kent Hall story, but it's not. It's not. This is before Trey Teague. Who it is right been. before Trey Teague. And this guy, um, I'm trying to think. The other hint I will give is you might call him the American dream. Dusty Rhodes. You're, you've got half of it. Dusty Johnson. <laughs> Dusty, Jim, Dusty Jim, Ziegler was the answer. Dusty Ziegler. Oh, well, you could have gotten, well, there was another wrestler with Ziegler, right? Like you could have. Oh, I should have done like Dolph. Yeah. You know, yeah. If the American dream had a kid with, with Dolph. Yeah. All right. So here are the two game-related questions. 2006 doesn't relate to the game, but the Bills lost ugly 40-7 to to the Bears. This was 2006. I was doing shots in the third quarter at the bar with whom? Here's a hint. Neither of you were there. It was not Joe nor Julia nor Eric nor Brenna. This was a oh. one-season wonder. Um, was it Janae? It was not. Great guess, but she was 05 and played. Well, I came once in 06. Yeah, I, I, that, you know what? It's a little creepy that you know <laughs> what years we all showed up to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember, like, 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 there's a pro bar reference page that you're just. <laughs> well, I feel like Scott. I remember two of the times with Scott that I just flipped. Uh, I feel like every time something ridiculously heartbreaking happens, it's just me and Scott at the okay. bar. That was, but that's not it. So this was. Do you remember Verity? Barely. No. The answer is no. Not really. No. Okay. Uh, she came I'm gonna once. say. She was oh, a bartender. Yeah. yeah. Right? Not a great Bills question, but a fun question no. for us. Yes. Now the Bills question, which Scott, now you've now you've got to get your mind going. And I like this one because you can't really look this up. This is my memory. 2007, 11 years ago, we had the worst time. You guys were at Joe's Serenka. Joe's, I believe, and I was yep. at my apartment, and the Bills were playing a Monday night football game against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. That was 11 years ago today. That hideous. We got hideous lost game. going to Scott's house. We knocked yeah. on the wrong apartment door. We we oh, looked Scott. up. Yeah. We tried to look up his phone number online. It was and for some reason nobody had your phone number, Scott. It was a trial. Yeah. And then you answered the door like, "Hey guys, you're here." And <laughs> <laughs> didn't know any of the nonsense that had happened yeah. in the previous 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds about right. I feel bad for not going over, but at the same time, this was so miserable an experience at the end of this game when they gave up the two scores in 20 yes. seconds. But okay, the question is, there was an onside kick that they need to recover because Jabari Greer done a beautiful job of defending T.O., then a cowboy on the two-point conversion to keep the yes. Bills up, yes. up by uh, two. On the onside kick, this tight end – Failed to recover the onside kick. He missed his block on the front line of the Bills' return team that allowed Dallas' Sam Hurd to get the first touch on the ball. The front three of the Cowboys, they, and then he goes through what happened. Dick Geron says two of the guys attacked, and unfortunately this player stayed at the line, and uh, Robert Royal was coming to get the ball. Uh, unfortunately, this player hasn't been with us as wrong as, as Royal or Ryan Newfeld or George Wilson. He didn't move forward. Can you remember this long-forgotten Bills' tight end? Um, I'm going to say that the Bills – so this was – then, of course, the Bills would not recover it. The The Cowboys would go on to yep. Sam win. Sam Hurd would recover it, and then they'd – Five interceptions. Yeah, what's his name? Romo throws five interceptions, still wins the game. Yeah, and they, yeah, they, they kick the field goal to win it at the end, right? Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was Leo the fifth, the Armenian from the, the Byzantine emperor who then later would go on to end the war with the Bulgars. Um, those pesky Bulgars 
You know, they were still bothering the Bills well into the 20th century. That's Minnesota uh, State, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but the, it ended up being less of a less of a big deal by then because the, the again the combat was strictly on the football field. But yeah, it was Leo Leo. See, this is the other thing. Is it says Leo the Leo the fifth the Ar is it Leo V the Armenian? It, his name is it Leo. Leo versus the Armenian. <laughs> Maybe he was fighting the Armenian. Maybe it's Leo versus the Armenian. It, it just it seems to refer to it mostly as the singular in this Wikipedia page. Okay. So I'm gonna say it's Leo fifth the Armenian. It's Mister the Armenian, and it makes sense because he was, of course, being needlessly complicated. On that, you on know, that, onside, on you that know, onside kick, he should which, have just caught which it. Which jives with his Byzantine uh, nature. So Except, absolutely, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know so what's gonna, what's what's great? That's that's. Are you going to go with that one too? I'm going to go with that too. All right, and the answer is, in fact, within the answer that Scott Scott gave here. So I'm going to give Pretty credit sure. for it. He by by. He made great gains with the Bulgars, but ended a decade-long war with them. Ernest and he was assassinated by Michael the Amorian. So Michael Gaines, uh, Leo V the Armenian. So yeah, dead on. So we're counting that one. Way early for the the Gaines, um, you know, Renaissance that we've had the last two years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out to EJ. Yeah. Um, also, by the way, uh, Drew Brees just broke Peyton Manning's all-time record. Uh, Which one yards or? Yeah, yeah, yards. Okay. Yeah, they, they stopped the whole game, and the, the family was there the whole nine yards. Oh, uh, yeah, I have a Lord on my phone. Drew Brees is 35 passing yards away from breaking Manning's record. And he, so he did it on a touchdown. Old. He he torched the Redskins. They completely just uh, did not even cover this pass. It's like Papa Jones. Hey, Papa Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Better ingredients, touchdowns. I like it, is, it is. Now, what's a more shameful thing? Uh, <laughs> Peyton Manning backing what's his face? Um, Papa John's, obviously, super racist, not particularly good pizza. <laughs> um, versus both Drew of which Brees. are criminal, by the way. Not only does he is he right racist, he does not make good pizza, yeah. But also, Drew Brees uh backs Advocare, is one of their big sponsors, and that's a whole big basically, I don't know what you would call it, like mail order fake, fake no it's like fake medicine oh it's okay. like it's like supplements and things that you don't need but every it's like it's done mary Kay style like everyone is like every you sell it to your friends and you have to buy it up so like a pyramid scheme with supplements yeah exactly that's one of his things that he he sells all i know is taylor swift got political on her instagram and so i don't even know what to make of anything anymore so the onion know. had a very is very much after my own heart. Um, Taylor Swift calls um, drops a political stance, calls for return of Shogun to Japanese Imperial Throne. That's excellent. That is a first of all, Shogun, wonderful book. I mean, like if you haven't read Shogun, gosh, that's a good um, book. My parents uh, had the paperback on the bookshelf. I uh, you, Paul, if you haven't read it, pick it up. It's it's, right. it's 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 go get it. It's very good. Um, also excellent reference yes um i don't know which is worse i i i i loathe to i mean i have a soft spot for papa john's only because their online ordering made cheese free pizza very easy for us as a family which was uh, for yes, a while. Uh, but no it's not good pizza it's just you know it's pizza <laughs> it's convenient uh let me get you a line on this bills texans game uh bills texans odds so the texans and the the colts <clears throat> not it's, 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 I like you actually went through reverse puberty discussing the Texans and the Colts. The time to change. <laughs> uh, the Bills are eight and a half point underdogs on the road. To I the, saw I, that, I, by the way, and that yeah, a, well, we'll get to the game. In a that's second. a son of a bitch of a line. If I'm if I'm yeah. being honest, because I don't really know what the the Texans have done that that warrants any sort of you know touchdown plus. Um, here they are at two and three as well. They have scored 115 points. Um, on the year versus I, I watched their point, game last night and, and and they did not really impress me at all. Don't get me wrong, the Bills don't impress me at all either, but you have two unimpressive teams going against each other. You usually don't see an eight and a half points. Right. They're well, a I mean, unimpressive teams with equal two and three records. If you compare them to the Titans, I mean they're a better offense and a worse defense, which is, I think is what the Colts are as well. Um so 
a hashtag winnable games coming up here. Um, you, you know, like certainly we, we discussed at the beginning of the year, how an Owen four start was possible. Um, and at times, certainly after the first six quarters of this game, it was impossible to think that, uh, they were going to win any games, but I think that the defense has shown up enough that you can believe they can, they can play against mediocre teams. They'll probably have to play a similar formula to this week. Uh, you know, against the Titans. So you're, you're, you're in coin flip territory again. I think you're not in touchdown territory. I think you're in coin, you know, one score territory, um, for both the Texans and the Colts barring, um, any unforeseen, you know, big changes. But, um, what do you guys think? I mean, I, I I mean, Deshaun Watson, right. That's the quarterback. I, I, I there was, there was another guy who was Deshaun Kaiser, right? He was the Browns quarterback. Right, and he's a backup with Dallas. I don't know. Yeah, right. He, yeah, I, I, I was. I just, I had my Deshaun's confused because I don't watch them all the time, so I, I was confused. Um, but you know, he's not looked super great. JJ Watt remains JJ Watt, which means that you know he's liable to have a good day, but doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have one. Um, I'm inclined to think the Bills can win this game. I think I'll pick them to lose by you know three or four just because I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, but I don't have any particular, you know, the, the, the problem with the bills is what the problem with the bills is always going to be like, they can they score? Probably not. Um, so Scott, do I have this wrong? What do you think? Uh, so no, I mean, you don't have it wrong. I mean, there's certainly, I mean, there's not going to be any games you're going to be able to go, into with the bills this season and be like let's lock it up this is you know checks in the mail we we got this one Go don't ahead, even honey. have to think about yeah. it yeah but, yeah there's like, also no game i feel where we're going to be like to maybe the patriots where where we'll be like yep yeah, don't don't even bother you know i yeah, feel the, like they can i think and- yeah, we might have done all those games by now yeah. yeah yeah the patriots game was probably one and to be fair if the vikings had one game on their schedule this year that they were going to circle and like we got this one in the bank it was the Bills game at home in week. Yeah, and they so. might have done exactly that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's not like we would recommend that to anyone anyway. So in terms of the personnel and the matchups and stuff, so the good news is is that obviously like while the Texans have a fairly decent – I mean, Deshaun Watson is is very good. Um, I think he has gotten off to a slow start because they – the, the team is in a bit of flux. They've they've had some problems at running back. They've had some problems in the line. Um, they still have DeAndre Hopkins, not Hopkins, so that's going to be um, pretty good. Um, I think Tre'Davious White should be able to hang with him for a little while. Um, but Tre'Davious White is obviously not perfect. He has obviously gotten beat by um, by AJ Green in the past. Obviously, Devontae Adams a couple weeks ago had a decent game against him. Um, the Texans obviously on defense, DJ Watt. Um, Jadavian Clowney was the other kind of you know guy that they have on the other side, so that seems like trouble for our offensive line. Um, I'm not sure how much. Uh, I'm not sure how much space there's going to be. Um, obviously, uh, and I a little did. I'm not sure if you guys were tracking this, but Sean Charles Henderson was actually starting, my, is my understanding, for the Houston's at right tackle, but he is now on IR for the rest of the season. Um, so that's going to slow them down certainly even more. Um, this does seem like another kind of slow, uh, not particularly high-scoring game. I'm going to say I don't know that the Bills can go on the road and beat this Texans team. Again, I thought that they were going to lose to the Titans last week. I thought it wasn't going to be close. They continue to surprise me, um, but I still don't think I can. I uh, As much as I respect the the what McDermott's been able to kind of pull out of nothing, um, you can't win all of these kind of close games. Right. So I'll, I'll just give this one to the Texans. I'll say like, you know, 10 to nine, similarly entertaining as this week's game. Yep. I, I'm aligning almost exactly with, with, with Frank's pick. I, I, I feel like as with all bills fans, I, I have that tendency to overreact to win and overreact to a loss in terms of the positive and negativity that comes out of it. So just trying to keep a straight, you know, mind about the game they the bills do match up well with the texans they have you know the, the the pass rush has been fairly good for the bills this year they have the type of quick linebackers that you think could help contain watson to make his run he'll 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 beat the bills on a run here and there on mm-hmm. sunday that, that you can take to the bank 
but I think it'll be difficult for him to do consistently when you have Milano and, and Edmonds on the field. And I think that bodes well for the, the Bills. Their passing offense is not that great. Their offense in general was not that great watching their game against the Cowboys last night. Their defense heavily relying on a pass rush, which as Scott noted is, is weakened a bit. But they do have some some solid players. You, you can't ignore that, you know, what they can do to disrupt the Bills, you know, passing game. They have a good, not not too bad a defense overall. And, you know, ignoring, I think they gave up a ton of points in a win over the Colts, but they've generally been, you know, pretty, pretty spot on. So I, I'm going to go along the lines of what, what Frank said. I'm going to say the Texans are going to win this one in a low scoring one, like, like Scott noted, I'm going to say, eh, I'm going to go with 20 to 17. Okay. I think the interesting thing is if they win one of the next two, I mean, they're three. Oh, you went there. I was going to do that too. Like they're three, they'd be three and four with a very difficult part of the schedule behind them and almost entirely divisional games, you know? Right. Now the first one is new England. I mean, so you're probably talking three and five, but, um, you know, three and four is probably certainly better than I thought it was going to, than a lot of people thought it was going to go. So, you know, take it for what it's like much like josh allen's play thus far take it for what it's worth (laughs) frank trying to bait me as always (laughs) hashtag um if you would like to take it for what it's worth and not be a big super jerk like scott you can do so online uh no uh you can't without 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 talking to anyone ever i mean you can just do that you don't have to do it with us you can just right. be a big asshole online no one's gonna stop no you. actually as of today they outlawed it you can no longer be a <laughs> oh, oh good I'm glad i that guess happened. i guess in in other news there's no more bbills mny twitter right it's yep we're all done i broke <laughs> done. it it was my it was my twitter that broke it um you, but you can go to bbillsmny on Twitter or uh, facebook.com backslash bbillsmny. You can search Buffalo Bills maybe next year, Bills Podcast. You'll find us in iTunes and all the places, anchor.fm backslash bbillsmny. Um, we're all over the place. Uh, you can also email us your thoughts, bbillsmny at gmail.com. I should check that email at some point. Um, yeah, we're going to watch the Texans game. We're going to... Have more thoughts for everyone. We'll probably have your hot, spicy Derek Anderson takes next time we we talk to you. Um, until then, thank you so much for listening. I don't know that we have anything else to say, so have a great night. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you next week. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone. <laughs>